0: Father we thank you for this opportunity to share your word and I just simply pray Lord God as I pray this week to empty myself of myself and allow your word to go through with the power of the Holy Spirit so that will bring illumination to the hearts of each of us here today and also those listening online to bring understanding in our hearts of God the Father as the only true and living God and Jesus Christ as his designated son equal with God and also the Holy Spirit equal with God the Father. And bring understanding in the hearts to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And also to those who may not know Jesus to come to salvation and realize he is the only one to come to meet and interact and have fellowship and have eternal life with the Holy God. He praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. The topic I will talk today about, as I prepared for this message, especially, I prepared the message, including the birth of Christ coming after the 25th of December. And the Holy Spirit focused my attention on one word and one word only, which was glory, and glory pertaining to God. And glory at the outset to understand is a multifaceted word or multidimensional very difficult to define in one sentence so as we unfold the word we will get an image and a picture of what it means there are four words we will primarily focus on as we expound glory glorify glorifying and glorified i teach primarily by an exegetical breakdown of the word. So the word is broken down in its detail. And then I let the word go forth so that the word is explaining itself. And my job is to get in alignment with what God means that word to be. So that's why the power is not from me. The power is from the Holy Spirit to give understanding in each of your hearts and minds of God. And not simply understanding and knowledge, but a personal, intimate relationship with God. The primary purpose of God the Father is to have the glory. And in that process, His purpose is also to glorify Jesus Christ. The primary purpose of Jesus Christ, primary purpose, is to glorify God the Father, nothing else. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. And the only way we can glorify Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. And finally, God created man with one purpose, is to glorify God. Isaiah 43, 7, which is not shown here, it says, To everyone I have called and who I have created for my own glory, who I have formed and whom I have made. And that applies to all of us as New Testament believers. God has called us if we believe in him. He has created us with spiritual birth. Secondly, he's formed us as a potter and he's there to mold us. And we're in the process of molding, which is not comfortable. And finally, he has made us, which means he will perfect us. He's in the process of perfecting us. So when we start this, it's the birth of Christ. We'll go through five verses, primarily Luke and one in John. Verse 7 is a simple verse which explains the birth of Jesus Christ. But underlying that verse is a supernatural birth because in Matthew, the word teaches that Mary was found to be with child by the spirit and then the angel appears to Mary and says the Holy Spirit is upon you and the power will overshadow you and you will give birth to a child named Jesus and that Jesus will be son of God so immediately it's not simply the birth of Jesus you are seeing is the presence of the third person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit who's doing the work the miraculous work of conception, which no one can understand. The next verse explains the first and focus our attention to the first glory. There are going to be four glories in this passage, five actually. The shepherds were out in the field during the night, watching over the flock, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened the focus there is first defining glory first definition glory of the lord you're going to hear a lot of prepositions and participles and verbs etc that's how we teach but of is the key word there it says it tells me and you that glory belongs to the lord ownership and only the lord no one else second concept what is glory defined here and the word is shone around Perilampo in the greek which means light and generally that is bright shining light so one of the manifestations of glory is it's described is being of bright shining light inference from there it is not simply light only but remember these shepherds are in darkness it's night so it's the next word to understand is transformation it's able to transform darkness into light think of that the author of light Genesis 1 2 1 3 God said let there be light and there was light so God is the author and the originator of light so, when light is coming over the shepherds at night and transformation, this is God in action demonstrating his light. And linked to light, two other words, life and truth. We'll leave that for a moment. The link word here, I'll come back to that. When you look at the, another link word here, we're linking all the time with words. If you think glory, is of majesty and God, and then the other aspect you see is shepherds. And shepherds were considered by the religious people in Jerusalem at that time to be ceremonially unclean. They lived off the ground, they cared for the sheep, and therefore by definition could be smell. And because of the work they could not, and being out in the fields for days, they could not attend to the religious ceremonial activities in Jerusalem. So they're considered ceremonially unclean. And so God chooses to reveal himself with glory on the one hand, with lowliness on the other. So the link word, light, another word, life. Here's a link word of lowliness. So glory is always, you're going to see this over and over again, linked with lowliness or a simple word that is tough to handle, humility. Humility. So when you just digress a moment, Paul on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians, as he said, to kill, to imprison women and men. And he had this experience with a bright shining light, same words, shine, in the Greek Lampo, similar to Perilampo. This light came and he said it was brighter than the sun. He was struck down and blinded and he said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said to him, I am Jesus of Nazarene whom you are persecuting. And God took this person who's persecuting Christians and transformed his life into light by shining that light into his heart so that he became a gifted oracle of God that his purpose was to shine the light to us Gentiles. You and I who are non-believers initially and become believe. This light has got the ability to transform not simply light, darkness into light but transform our hearts of darkness. Not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior into believing and understanding. And that light is powered by the Holy Spirit. I am teaching the word but the power is from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to focus on words here as the message came good news of great joy good news is the gospel that's great joy so if we as believers know the gospel one of the manifestations of our life should be great joy you see what this bible does as i exegetically break down word by word to me it breaks me down word by word and puts me in a humble position and realizes how far I sh- short I fall of the joy of God in my life at times, how far short I fall of the glory of God in my life at times. It humbles me, puts me in a right position to know who God is and my position and to worship God. Message today, Savior who is Christ the Lord, only time in the New Testament this triplicate is Savior christ the lord savior soteros in the greek means he who saves christ christos means anointed one of god of the holy spirit the messiah lord Kyrios in the greek master with authority that word is a problem to us when i say a problem because is he this savior truly master of my heart and my life Again, we fall short, but God is there, always with us, to lift us up, to carry us, to continue His work in us. And look what the angels respond: "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among His men who He is well pleased." Glory is now second description, is again to the Lord. The key word there is the small preposition "to," to example indicates direction and it indicates that glory belongs of the Lord only to the Lord and it can only be directed to the Lord if I'm taking preaching here and doing a good job if people come to me afterwards I can't be pleased at myself it's not about me what people are saying it's the word of God they have understanding if I self puff myself up that is taking from the glory of God and that is sin you see how deadly it is because God in the highest so there's another understanding now glory is shifted in our understanding because now it's described as two so what is this glory here there's four words I'm going to use first is exaltation in the highest means means the highest of the high. Majestic, supreme majesty, king of kings. We're exalting him and saying he's the highest of the high. He's preeminent and he's king of kings. Problem, is he that in our life, in my life, and your life? You see that disconnect all the time? But God is working in us and we have to work in God. Secondly, another word esteem esteem by definition means value we value something and in the Old Testament that word glory is two words kabod which means heaviness or weight so when you think of weight a hundred dollar bill is more got more weight than a ten dollar bill can you see that so how much do we value and esteem our God $10 $10 or $100? The other thing we esteem when you value is riches. How is God rich? He has every spiritual richness, riches that we can think of. He has his glory. He's got his grace. He's got his mercy. He's got his love. He's got his compassion. All of those are words which are spiritual riches that he gives to us. That we have ability to receive and then extend that out to others esteemable just out of interest worth out of worth comes worthy and out of worthy comes worth ship in the English and out of worship is what we've done just now is worship worship so it all comes down from that second third thing is the scribe third word I want to leave for you glory a scribe you ascribe God glory First uh, Chronicles 16, 28-29 says, Ascribe to the Lord glory. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holiness. What you're saying, ascribe glory his name. So what is his name? His name, he said to Moses, I am who I am. He is that in the Greek and the Hebrew means I am the self existent one, I exist by my own power. And then, not only that, he's the pre existent one, he existed before the foundation of the earth. And what does his name represent? A name represents the person and the character of that who he is. Then, the name another name of him is first Genesis 1 1 Elohim, which is means in the Hebrew. The almighty, all-powerful one. <sighs> can you see? Ascribing, we ascribing in life, understanding all those things, we got to get an understanding of God to know who He is. And then we can identify Him and then understand that through that identify identity we have in Him through His grace, we can then act out Him. Fourth one is basically... Honor, honor him, honor him. Describe him honor, describe him honor. Preeminence. So you can see the direction and this word glory now explaining. The angels heard, and I want to just focus you on one word. The thing, this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Here are shepherds in the field, we don't know about them, but they recognize this word come down, this dazzling light and transformation is of the Lord. They had an experiential or experiential with experience with the Lord, God. And they recognize that. So they go to the, they go in a hurry and they see this baby and confirm the sign that was given them was baby in the manger. Shepherds went back glorifying and praising God what they had heard and seen and just had been told them. There's one verse before they did that, just pre, pre this, uh, uh, this verse. They shared what they had seen and heard. Shared. That's the first thing they did. They were the first witnesses Sent by God of the birth of Jesus now why is that important well if you look at you got to know the background Jewish history this way you have to delve into Jewish history is according to the religious Institute in Jerusalem the shepherds because they were called considered unceremonially unclean were their word was not accepted as witness their word was not accepted as a witness so God has chosen the simple of the world, the so called foolish of the world, to go and proclaim about him and shame the wisdom of the wise, human wisdom. So we can see again, glory and these people who are not allowed to be witnesses, lowliness, glory, associate, humility. It keeps on coming, glorifying and praising God. They're close to each other. They're not the same. But what you see here doing now is humanity, simple humanity, participating in the giving glory of the Lord. How do they do that? Telling, telling, telling. They share what they had seen and what they had heard. So do we share what we see and hear and know about jesus christ we don't have any option that's what we're supposed to do but again we fall short of the glory of god going back to this in the old testament the only people who experienced the glory of god was the patriarchs and the prophets isaiah sitting in the temple experienced the glory of god moses experienced the glory of god here you having common people now experiencing the glory of God for the first time. Remember when Moses was in, went to the Mount Sinai in the cloud and God says, uh-uh, the people have to stay away. They, not to, they cannot stand in the presence of the glory of the Lord. Now, the glory of the Lord is coming to a common person. And not only that, he's telling, we, they are, we are given the privilege of participating in sharing that glory. Last part of, for time, Simeon, here's in the, in the uh, temple and he goes through with prophecy. He takes his baby in his hands and says, my eyes have seen, I can go and depart away in peace and my eyes have seen thy salvation. But look at what he says also. Here's a Jew in the temple putting out a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel so glory now has shifted only to God in the greek that should be glory for your people Israel for Israel so glory is now in some way transferred in some not complete in some component to the people Israel but look at there here's a Jew in the temple proclaiming about light of revelation to the gentiles Again that word glory linked to light that light is shining forth to each of us 2000 years later imagine that so you see here a different understanding of glory the final description in the birth of christ john approaches the bible differently for, because john's focus in his focus word john 20:31 is deity As opposed to Matthew and Mark and Luke because in Luke it's humanity in uh, mark its servanthood and in Matthew it's Jesus King of Jews but they describe the birth the magi the shepherds John does none of that he goes straight and proclaims deity That's his whole focus. He's looking at God in one aspect only, is absolute deity. The word, you'll know verse 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And here you see another definition of glory, another dimension. This is a phenomenal dimension. Because in essence, we now visualize and see with our eyes the glory of god we see glory for the first time you see it in the person of jesus and what is this glory in jesus well the understanding there is when we look at jesus and the disciples looked at jesus they didn't know but they actually saw the person the name the person the character or attributes and or the nature of God they were looking at the nature of God they were looking at the character of God and they're looking at the person this is God revealed in the flesh directly for each of us when we look at Jesus and just out of interest the Bible is considered one concept of the Bible is considered to be the display of that glory of God I wonder if you've thought about it that way because the Bible tells us about Jesus it tells us about God it tells us about the entire deity of God from beginning to the end so the gospel which is the light of the knowledge Second Corinthians 4 7 is the light of the knowledge this light is being displayed to us in the gospel now so that's why we need to have this light And we need to study this light and depend on this light and live in the light we saw his glory we're going to go to now the cross but before i transfer there when jesus underwent his baptism which you have next week this is different but three things jesus was there the holy spirit descended upon him as a dove and the voice of the Father came, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Father, Son, and Je- Holy Spirit. When Jesus began his ministry, it says three things He was in the Spirit, He was led by the Spirit. So, He is in the Spirit, means in union with the Holy Spirit led by the holy spirit he's under the control as well of the holy spirit and then he went where was he led by the spirit into temptation to be tempted by the devil so when you're looking at temptation which is daily and if i'm not led by the spirit i'm walking there alone and i don't have the defense of the spirit or protection and then he went through the temptation came out victorious and then when he came out it says he came out and was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered. In, led, empowered. We'll get to that when we get to our life in the end. So, this is the build up. When humans, the ultimate glory of God and the ultimate glory of Jesus is manifested in one place primarily. Is glorified God throughout his life but the ultimate glory of God Father and God the Spirit is the cross pretty difficult to comprehend that to the human mind the cross is shame is humiliation is denigration and degradation but to the cross the God the Father this is absolute glory absolute to Jesus, this is absolute glory. When you see the cross, there's one thing you must look at and understand what flows out of that cross. And what flows out of that cross is a light of revelation to us Gentiles. The light of Jesus Christ is flowing out. That light in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, will go over it, that actually Jesus, God, shone into our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So, out of that cross is flowing salvation to sinners who have no relationship with Christ, who are eternally separated from God, who are destined for destruction and death. And out of that cross flows life and light and the spirit. What an amazing understanding of what that cross is. And we'll go through it. And what I want to pound in our heads, and I don't think we, I mean, we see this. John 12, 23, 24, 27, 28. You're going to see these verses in John 12, 13, and 17. Three verses and Philippians is the word glory or glorified and glorified we've been talking primarily on glory when it comes to the cross it changes to glorified or glorify it changes and we're gonna see these verses where these verses occurring Jesus has gone through the last supper supper he's washed the disciples feet and says, "Do as I do." Tough word. He then goes out from there on the way to Garden of Gethsemane. So, so from a time level, from the time of these verses, and you got to realize, from John twelve all the way to seventeen, this is just hours we're talking about. But it's so important that's why it's expanded so much. And so Jesus is going to be on that cross within. 24 hours. In fact, it's been so-called timed could be as low as 12 to 15 hours. So this is immediately before the cross. Immediately before the cross. And I want you to focus on one word that Jesus uses. Look what he says. Jesus answered and the hour has come. The hour which is proclaimed by God, and Jesus knew that hour. The Son Man, Son of Man to be glorified he's looking at that cross within let's say within 24 hours and he says one thing the son of man to be glorified he sees the cross as his moment for glorification interesting we'll go through these but we got to work the verbs in in Greek and this is aorist I'll just introduce you to that Aorist means it's an action that's completed, but it doesn't have, that's tense, but it doesn't have a voice. Voice means present, past, future. It doesn't, there's no voice in that. It doesn't specify present, past, or future. But if the son, if that's a verb, aorus, means Jesus in his mind, this is why that Greek verb is important to define, has already saying this work is completed. And he has not gone to the cross. So it's by definition, it's Aorist future tense. But in his mind, it's a completed done deal. Can you imagine that? The absolute resolution. When he's going through the Samaria, he said, his face was set like flint to Jerusalem. His whole focus. See how I fall short? Is, is my whole focus, Jesus? And is my whole focus the glory of God? I fall short. But God is working with me. He then gives an example, what a link. He says, unless the grain goes in the earth, it dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it gives birth to much fruit. Jesus dying, the glory of Jesus on that cross was out of that cross, flowed eternal life and out of that cross flowed salvation to so many people millions of people next slide now my soul is troubled the word soul is troubled what shall i say father save me from the hour but look at the next for this purpose i came to this hour father glorify your name again the verb past tense although it says glorify it's saying in this cross what i'm going to go through and my submission i want your name to be glorified that absolute dedication that absolute servant heart an absolute focus all on the father and his plan then a voice came out of heaven i have both glorified it and will glorify it again glorified there father god speaking past tense already done glorify it actually is only time that verb is in future tense now, y'all don't need to know all this, but if you're studying the word, you've got, you got to understand these words. Do you understand? So that in 12, four times, glorify, 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 glorify. The whole focus of Jesus talking is one word. I don't know whether you've seen it before. It's only one word, glorify. John 17, 1, 5 As a prelude to this, i'll break here for a moment i preach a lot and teach a lot and when i teach when you teach in india and we have 25 churches in india and i do it by zoom when we used to go there personally you can't teach for or preach for 30 minutes or 45 minutes they won't accept it it has to be one and a half or two hours preaching solid so i i'm not going to get there that long but give me a few moments more anyway i'll break here. remember Pastor Full took a few minutes of my time of introducing me, so, and I think he took about 15 minutes. If I my memory is not so good. Anyway. John 17, when I come to verses or Psalms which really are impactful, I just memorize them. I would suggest you think of memorizing John 17 I'll tell you why, or some components of it. Because John 17, everyone knows the Lord's Prayer. I, you know, Even as an unbeliever, a little boy, I learned that and memorized it. And everyone knows the Lord's Prayer. That, that was a prayer to disciples, but it's applicable to us. This is the Lord praying. This is the longest, chapter 17 is all, this is the longest prayer of Jesus in the New Testament. One to five, he prays for himself. 6 to 19, he prays for the disciples, for their protection. And 20 to 30, he actually prays for us as all future believers. And one of the words he prays for is one. means unity. I know I've heard prayers here for unity of this church. That's a specific prayer by Jesus for us. So it will be worthwhile spending your time on this chapter. But if this is Jesus praying for himself to the Father, and you've got five verses, let's see what the focus of this prayer is. And the focus is only one word. You would have guessed it by now. Five times glory, one time. Glorify, 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 glorified. Amazing, isn't it? That only one word and all those four words there glorify glorified and there's the, the fifth verses on the next slide are all in the aorist tense completed action so when you say father the hours come there's the hour again glorify thy son you would think he's talking about the future he's talking about the future but the verb in the greek glorify is aorist means completed action so Jesus is seeing this as completed action, even though he's going to go to Gethsemane. And the word there in Gethsemane is agonia, A-G-O-I-N-I-A, which is spiritual fight with the devil. And he emerges victorious. But he's already completed. He's so focused. Glorify your son that the son may glorify. Look at how he starts off. Interesting comment. He says, glorify your son that the son may glorify you. What that is, is the interchangeability between God and father from being God. What is of God is of the son. What is the son is of the God. And he says to the father, you glorify me that I may glorify you. Even on the cross where he knows his purpose, he's still saying, father, you do that work in me. Pause a moment here. Counterattack myself. I love counterattacking myself. That's, that's Pastor Phil Pike, who's grown up in South Africa, knows. We've got to learn to laugh at ourselves. But do I ever pray, God, glorify me, that I may glorify you? Do I ever pray, God? let me do I pray just for me to glorify you can you see again it's not a problem I'm not praying that prayer because if we don't understand it and understand the word then how are we gonna pray it which brings us another back to a spiritual concept we got to understand who we are and whose we are again who pronouns whose if we don't understand who we are our identity is in Christ then we got to live out Christ and whose we are we're not our own we are owned we are possession of god and so we're going to skip we'll come back to three and four we'll come back to four and come back to uh, the two and three later i glorified you on earth completed work he's saying i've done this work for you on earth and the earth means from his birth his miracles his life, entire life, and now on the cross. I've done all the work which you have given me. Can you imagine that? God the Father has given Jesus work to do. Question I keep on, you've got to throw these questions back at yourself all the time. What work has God given me to do? How much work have I accomplished? See, this is why I love the word. I love the word because it just breaks me down, makes me realize hmm, I'm in trouble. But at the same time, I press forward, as Paul would say, for the glory of the gospel. This is the driving force. We have the Holy Spirit living is driving us force so we're not alone. Glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had before you in the world. Five times glory. Now, glorify me, I'm going to do the last one, which I, with the glory which I had before you in the world, before the world was. What that, that if I can summarize one word, indicates the pre-incarnate position uh, of Jesus, that he was before the foundation of the world, or before the foundation of the world. Because he said, what he's saying there. Give me the glory which I had with you before the world began. With you, God-shared glory. The same glory God had, Jesus had. That is the deity of God. God was self-existent. This is saying pre-existence. This verse is one of the strongest verses defining pre-existence of Jesus. Just give me the glory that I had with you before the world began. So before the world came into foundation, Jesus was alive, was deity, was God, had the glory. And then he says, glorify me together with yourself, interchangeable. You know, so you, you, you've got to ask yourself, if Jesus pre-existed with glory and he comes on earth and he's fully God, but he's now fully man. He's further glorified God the father by his work on the cross. His work on the cross, his work on the cross. I told you, out of that cross flows salvation. Out of the cross flows something that in between there, two and three is eternal life. So, if you summarize that concept, this is a concept. The outworking of the glory of God is eternal life. The outworking of the glory of God is eternal life means what does that cross represent ultimately sacrifice love salvation and when you're saved you have eternal life life eternal the other key word there this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you sent the word they know in the greek is kinesko. It is not that word is not a cognitive or intellectual knowledge it is experiential knowledge or what we define in language is a personal intimate relationship with Jesus you have to go back to Genesis and understand that word with creation remember the word says they had relations Sexual relations and out of that flowed a baby in Genesis the first baby That word Was new they knew each other So they knew each other is their actual meaning is they had intimate relations or personal sexual relationship That's what knowing is that personal intimate relationship with Christ not simply we we got to have the cognitive knowledge from here but it's also the personal intimate knowledge so many people can have the cognitive knowledge i have cognitive knowledge for jesus christ growing up as a boy took my wife's prayers for 12 years before i came to know jesus christ as my savior and during that time i was an md phd known around the world in heart research talked around the world but didn't know jesus Knew all about him, I could throw verses at you, but didn't know him personally and intimately as my savior. So that's, next slide. This is Philippians 2, 5, 11. Have this attitude in your, essentially his attitude in our mind, that though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be held on or grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bond servant, made, form, made in the likeness of man, found in appearance a man, he humbled himself to the point of death, death on the cross. And then if you go to the next slide, every knee shall bow, but watch the last verse, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. The whole essence of that is kenosis in the Greek, is emptying of ourselves, but there's a question in relation to Jesus. How much did he empty? We're not going to go into that. But the essence is humility. Jesus on that cross humbled himself in obedience. Watch the word humbled himself in obedience to the will of God the Father in perfect humble submission. Tough words. Tough. Difficult. Total obedience. So when Jesus glorifies God on the cross, what in essence Jesus is doing is Jesus is in total humble submission to the word of God, to the plan of God, to the will of God as a total servant or that word bond servant in the Greek doulos is a slave to God. And so that makes us look at ourselves. What God wants is humbling ourselves, which is humble submission in obedience to the will of God and the ways of God. And that's why we need to know the Bible and the word of God so that we then can put into practice what we know. That is how Jesus glorified God. How is glory God, How does God see the father see the Cross as glory because this is for the father this is glory well in understanding the glory remember what i said is we see the nature of god and the character of god that's glory one understanding the nature the perfection and the manifestations or the essence of god and the nature of god or the character of god is grace mercy love compassion I love the word compassion because he he mentioned to Moses. Moses said, Show me your glory, and he said, I will. I myself will allow or allow my or pass my entire goodness before you and I will declare my name to you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion to compassion. Grace compassion compassion in the hebrew is great it's a word called rakamin which means great word it took me a long time to understand is womb love the love of a mother in the womb of feeding this child and nourishing this child until it grows up so an understanding of compassion then which is tough is i have if i want to identify with someone it means i have to get into that heart of the person and experience what that person is feeling and then then i can empathize with that that's tough god doesn't give us easy things to do but he's given us a holy spirit to do it so i'm limited with time here but i'm going to say this as i look at this when you look at The concept of the cross from god's point he poured out his love for us he poured out his mercy for us he poured out his his compassion for us he 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 is holy and we can't meet with god but he sent jesus to be our sin offering and sacrifice to take sin of us of me of my sin condemnation onto himself and therefore by that process He reconciles me back to himself, and now we can have relationship and fellowship. If I had another hour, I would carry on in that, but time (laughs) limits me. So you can see glory, what it means, at least a glimpse of, when you look at the cross, that's a character of God coming out of who he is, love and mercy and compassion and grace and truth and kindness and long-suffering. And you look at the glory of Jesus on that cross, this total obedient, willful submission to the plan of God. Okay, one I just want to point out one word. In this 13, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. The problem with that is the next phrase, even as I have loved you. <laughs> problem with that, we talk about love, But we're not talking about love we're talking about how jesus has loved us i'm going to skip these because of time heavenly glory of god how does man glorify god that's the question now and applies to all of us key god created us for his glory only one thing god demonstrated how he his glory to the world He's demonstrated what His glory means across ultimately. He demonstrated God glorified Him. Second <coughs> Corinthians four 6, I'm going to skip this, go on, back, go on to the next slide. I'll just show you this. Okay, this is important. Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you're from God, you're not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. There's the command. That verb is imperative means command no option no if maybe likely today tomorrow no no option in your body john 16 13 15. spirit of truth is one of the words names of the holy spirit spirit of truth paraclete which is helper holy spirit when he comes and he'll guide you in all truth Jesus says, he will take of the Father and take off mine. He'll disclose it to me and you, and he will glorify me. Purpose of the Holy Spirit, amongst all the other aspects of the Holy Spirit, is one purpose, glorify Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ came, he left and went back to heaven, is sitting in glory at the right hand of the Father, no longer with us. And he said, in John 14, 15, and 16, I'm going to send you another helper, the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit will indwell me, and we sealed with it, and is given as a pledge once we believe in Jesus Christ. And therefore, we have Godhead living within us. We have glory living within us. And we, you know, we say, well, God is with us. We've got to have to understand, hey, the Holy Spirit is within me. This is the glory of God. This is the third person. Why? Because Jesus is no longer with us physically here. But he says, as opposed to before when Jesus was teaching and talking, I'm going to give you God living in me to lead me, direct me, teach me, and disclose. And out of that will flow power. The Holy Spirit looks power. Remember? Jesus in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. In Bible college many years ago, I always remember one phrase a, pastor, a Bible college professor taught me. We are spiritual, we have every spiritual riches in God, but we act as spiritual purpose. Spiritual purpose. So we need to grow in the riches and grace of God. So we've given the Holy Spirit. We've got the understanding. How do we do it? Be filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. Key, be filled. Four aspects, singing, giving thanks, speaking, f- speaking, singing, giving thanks, and be subject. Here, these are four participles. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's participle, filled, which means... I I can't be the origin you understand that I it's just like fold I have to be under the influence of something for me to be subject to you I have to be yielded so we talk about unity in the church and unity even amongst our family and even I sometimes are not or can be say oh you know am I yielded to my family or yielded to the spirit to be a leader of my family at times no see Speaking to one another in psalms. Do we know psalms to speak it first? And do we know parts of psalms? I learned psalms. I learned 27 psalms in five months. And the motive was there. I went to India. I was preaching to these people. And when they sing, they sing for one hour. And, you know, y'all can say you'll sing for one hour. No, 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 if you can sing for one hour. They don't have hymn books. They don't have hymn books. These are poor people, uneducated, they memorize put it in their heart and they sing and i got so ashamed of myself and here i'm teaching and preaching and i'm looking at these people and i'm god humbled me and say okay i come home what can i do i looked, god put this verse in me i said okay god i can't sing i can't sing like rachel and uh, jaron they are another league <laughs> but i sure can learn psalms in completeness or sections or sections of scripture so Point here is memorize, memorize, memorize. And from a medical perspective, one of the fights against Alzheimer's, if you memorize, you're in good shape. I'm going to end up here. Again, I was thinking of what verse to talk about in completion. And again, the Holy Spirit just imprinted this on my mind. And I didn't have to go for this because Psalm 139, which Pastor Phil shared yesterday, is one of my favorite psalms, so I've memorized that search me O god and know my heart try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way i'm going to focus on the last three words heart first my thoughts is mind in me is i'm a living soul that's the in me so it's a heart the mind and the soul means entirety search me Put me through a forensic examination means dissect me, take me apart and look at my heart and see what you see there. And every one of us have areas of darkness and expose it to me. And that can only be done to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin and righteousness. Try me, that's a tough Greek word. Try me is a test me. Put me through the fire of purification of my thoughts, my thoughts, my imagination, my memory, all those bad things I have or experience and it comes into me, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, purify that and show it to me and then see if there's any hurtful or the other expression is wicked way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. So we need that's another prayer we need I pray every day or we need to pray every day search me Try me put me through a fire God show me and the last thing I would say on this is that is called Grow in grace and the knowledge and this is called progressive sanctification mm-hmm. means We got I got plenty of issues in my heart and life and mind and even at my old age And I'm probably older than all of y'all so the point I'm making is that God will expose one thing, show it to me. i got to repent with sorrow and then conquer. Then next thing. So it's a progressive thing where you go through this progression and God does the work. And my last slide is not a slide, it's a last thought. The great commandment God gave me and you, Matthew 22:37, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with your soul. Let me explain where that verse is, where where the problem in that verse is, not the verse, but the understanding of the verse. Everyone focuses on the word love, okay? Would you agree with me? Everyone focuses on the word love, but the issue is not love because it says with the heart, with the mind, and with the soul. So if our heart is not right, how are we going to love properly? It's difficult. If our mind is not right, how are we going to live properly? How are we going to love? If our soul is not right, how are we going to love properly? Can you see the problem there? Is we focus only on the word love, but we forget about the heart, mind, and soul. And then to compound that, love as I loved. The Holy Spirit is in us, dwells within us, gives us the power to Conquer all, as long as we're obedient and submissive to the will of Father. Father, I pray you, I know this has been longer than normal, and I apologize to anyone whose time has been longer, but Father, this is your word, and there's such desire and zeal in my heart to share, Lord God. So I pray you that you would be glorified in all I've said and thought and any word that is not of you in this, you would take away. We give you honor and glory in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to a broadcast from Life Point Church in Greenville, South Carolina. If this ministry has touched your life in some way, we would love to hear from you. Just visit our website at www.lifepointsc.org for more information or... If you prefer to reach us by letter, you can write to us at P.O. Box 27036, Greenville, South Carolina, 29616, USA. Until next time, may God bless you as you continue to follow Him. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see.